The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. special isolation edition of Eat This with Leanne. Here's Leanne Philipson. No alarm set. There's no real need to wake up to have a meal on the table at a specific time. And that's even before you think about getting your kids up and fed. The vibe and the flow to the day over the summer for so many of us has been the absolute opposite of any kind of structured work or school day. Kids get up when they want, or maybe when they've been yelled at about five times, and they're also staying up way later than pre-COVID. How about your meal times? Well, they can all roll into more of a grazing session with all the snacking that's still going on. And I don't know what's happening all day long. Breakfast can be more of a brunch followed by dinner, which was something that I'd never heard of before. Chris, you taught me that one, which, which looks like lunch and dinner as one. I didn't know there was a name for it. And uh, well, in the Northern Hemisphere, at least, all this is about to come to a crashing end because here in Canada, where we are, September is upon us and it's like New Year's as we unwillingly put the holidays behind us and get back to some sort of routine. September always brings such a different feel to it. It's like a different vibe to the summer days. The cooler mornings that are already happening and also the evenings. It's already getting darker earlier and the sunrise that I see from my bedroom every morning and use as my morning, I know what time it is, clock has shifted. So I'm getting up to a much darker sky already. Oh, and uh, did I fail to mention it's back to school? Yay! <laughs> yeah! The stress is going through the roof. Decisions have to be made and they're probably questioned and re-questioned about a thousand times to send the kids to school or not. Can we get another wave or can we do this? So much mental stress. So to help both you and I today on Eat This with Leanne, let's talk about some structure. Some routine. All those sleep schedules that are not happening, but now need to. Packing a lunch, how to get your kids involved, how to get your kids up in the morning and taking responsibility for what they need to do. Today, I have an incredible expert on with me, someone who has helped me to shape my parenting default from how I was parented growing up and to be a constant source of support with really down-to-earth ways to get through the hardest days of being a parent and, you know, all while not completely losing the plot. Alison Schaefer is an author, a TV host, a podcast host, guest expert for TV and radio. She's a psychotherapist in private practice and one of Canada's more notable parenting experts. Her three parenting books have graced my own bookshelves. Uh, Her books are called Breaking the Good Mom Myth, Honey, I Wrecked the Kids and Ain't Misbehaving. And I've been in, in the audience of many of her workshops, her presentations and her lectures. 
So welcome, Allison Schaefer, parenting expert. Allison has been a great friend to me and also my go-to parenting expert, as I've brought up my two daughters who are now almost 15 and 17. How scary is that? Anyway, so for those who are listening right now, my lovely loyal listeners, um, Allison, can you tell us a little bit about how you support parents, what you do? Because if they don't know who you are, they need to. And I'll just let you put that into your own words. Oh, sure. Thank you. And thanks for having me on. Um, and boy, we've known each other for a long time. When you told me your kids' ages, it's like, I know. Where, did that, where did the time go? I know. Uh, so uh, I am uh, here in the Toronto area and I have a a private family counseling practice, uh, but I also do um, workshops around the world. I speak internationally. I am a parenting expert, and so I have um, three books that I've uh, authored that have been translated into a bunch of different languages, and um, I do workshops and teacher training and I, anything I can do to help get the word out to parents, and that includes hosting the parenting show and having my own podcast as well. So I just have great interactivity on my Facebook page. So parents come to me all the time with their little, their immediate hot burning issues right now, obviously back to school during a pandemic, which we're going to yes. talk about. But, you know, whatever it might be, there's usually something that is troubling a parent. And I like to give sort of short, easy, actionable, pragmatic help that you can yeah. do in the moment. Yeah. But backing it with research and backing it with the, my training in Adlerian psychology. So there's a really, there's a robust background to the whole piece. Yeah. But a lot of times parents don't, you know, nothing worse than giving someone a lot of philosophy and, and theory and then, but how do I do it? I, <laughs> say, it sounds, I know you're saying be respectful, but they're biting my leg. I, you know, <laughs> so I always make sure I, I balance that. Here's what you do when they bite your leg. This yes. is what you say. This is why. So anyways, that's a, it's a, it's a very, very fulfilling career. I love helping parents. It warms my heart because it feels like that's what that's also what I do. And uh, listeners, you'll probably pick this up as, as we go through. But uh, a lot of what Allison has taught me as a parent has definitely translated through the work that I do with parents in terms of, of how they're dealing with their toddlers or they're throwing their food or I, was it your latest book that was that I remember getting it and I passed it on. So I don't, I don't have it anymore. And it was when you have this problem, do this. Yeah, that's and when you have this problem, do that. And it was genius. So share with everybody what that Thank one was you. called. That was the last, yes. Ain't misbehaving. That was and it. literally you go to the index and just look up your problem. You know, my three-year-old yeah. will only poop standing up in her pull up behind the shuffle of plant. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. I've got an answer for that. And literally <laughs> you don't have to read the whole book. Just go to page 89 and, and for yep. the really troubling ones, I even have like, just read this script. Because sometimes right. in the moment, we're just like, so flooded, we just can't even get the words out. So, oh, yeah. so, so triggered, exasperated, overwhelmed, yeah. and you really don't know. What age group is that one for? Uh, I would say that is from, you know, 18 months to about 12. Okay. Okay, and I'm working really, on, I'm working really on a teen book. I'm working on it. Everybody wants the teen book now. Because um, all our kids are growing up. Everybody's been following you for such a long time. I know. We, we need true. that teen book. 
Yeah. Yes. Well, I do have a teen, I do have a private teen uh, uh, Facebook group, but, yes. but yes, I do need the book. I'm working on the book. I, I have, I have heard, I've heard my followers. I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> good, good. And I will say that I'm a part of that group and, and have posted a few times myself and got some, uh, got some fant- fantastic feedback because we're all going through not COVID or not. We're all going through all of this. Yeah. Okay. So it's back to routine. So for listeners who don't, maybe you're listening to this and you don't, don't have kids at home that are heading back to school. We don't want to leave you guys out. So, so I'm also calling this back to routine. And, and because I, fall just has something in the air that just makes it feel a little bit different. And of course, that is back to school. If you don't have kids going back to school, it's just a different vibe. There's more traffic. There's different traffic. But in particular, this year, it really does not look like any others. So, Allison, because you've been talking to so many parents, what are the biggest stresses that you have seen that people are facing right now? The back to school piece is there, but yeah. let me break it down more granularly. Thank you. Um, the type of issues that are coming up are things like, um, did I make the right choice? Um, mm-hmm. I picked online schooling. Maybe I should have done in classroom. Are they going to miss out on the social? Or I feel guilty because I'm still working from home, but I'm sending my kids back to school. So what are they supposed to make of that? That I'm not safe, but they are. Mm-hmm. Um My kids really didn't follow along since March with the online learning. Are they going to get caught up? Uh, Are my kids going to be in the right uh, cohort when they go back to school? What if none of their friends are there or the friends that they were really close with picked a different option for their families? Or I'm being judged because of the choice that I made. Huge. yeah, should I send my ch- my my child's going back to university, but they're going to be alone in residence, and there's not going to be the same socializing? Should should I, you know, are they going to be okay? Uh, I debated on the gap year. Should I really be spending all this money on residence when nothing's really happening in residence? Um, mm. It's going to, you know, that first year's already tough. Are they going to survive? I mean, the G, you know. Yeah. And what about wearing masks all day? And are the kids going to be freaked out because the teacher's wearing a mask? And like, I mean, here, I could go on. I could use the whole yeah. time just listing the problems. Maybe I know. we got to get to some solutions, I guess. But the, yeah, back yeah. to school really is uh, is really dogging parents. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even if parent people don't have kids going back to school, these issues are a part of everyone. You know, really, they're not far off. The, you know, the, the issues, the, the shame, the judgment, all of that, I really see a lot of people are just not sure what to do. And everybody's really very divided in their opinions on masks, no masks, um, you know, just, just the whole thing to go out, not to go out, how they feel safe within, you know, within themselves. The parenting side of things is blowing everyone's brains in the conversations that I'm having that I'm having with people for sure. I think people are, as we're looking at the pandemic and all the institutions that are affected, we know it's the family institution, yes. The education system, yes. The economic system, yes. How the world interacts as a global community, yes. yes. So I think maybe for a lot of people, even if they don't have kids, it's the, we, we realize how interdependent the working people are to having proper childcare and education for our kids. Those, those have to, those have to harmonize in a certain way. And so everyone's invested in looking at that intersection, whether they have kids or not um, Mm -hmm. and looking at how other countries are solving that dilemma. So, uh, so yes, everyone's invested in figuring this out. Yeah. 
Yeah, it really is. Is there a particular age group of children that you've seen that seem to be more affected from COVID than others? Uh, yeah, I would say the, um, well, what the research has shown, Leanne, actually, is that um, the stress of the pandemic seems to be dividing along a certain um, uh, factor, which is whether or not people have socioeconomic um, security. If you've lost your job, if you do, if you can't make rent, if you have now become homeless, if you're now borrowing from families, if you have that, you've lost your job, those people are not faring well from a, right. a, a mental health point of view. But a lot of the other people, and I'm sure people listening to your podcast have said, you know, there's all kinds of silver linings that came out of this. We de-stressed yeah. a lot of things. We reconnected around a lot of things. Um, there is some benefits, but I would say as of the kids that are in the robust group, I think it's the teens. If you have, if I'm picking an age group yep. now, just know in the general population, teens are a unique age group anyways, that the seeds of adult mental health issues tend to take root in adolescence okay. because it is a time of transition, not just, you know, their body is changing, their neurochemicals are changing. They've got the social task of trying to figure out their sexuality, their identity, their peer group, differentiating from their nuclear family. It's an incredibly stressful time that we just chalk up to their, oh, you know, they're moody and pimply, but it's like, it's actually. <laughs> a really significant time that sends you on your trajectory into your adult life. And because the social aspect of that is so critical, and that's the part of this pandemic that didn't happen, that those kids who weren't getting along with their parents were trapped with their parents. Yeah. Um, you know, the kids' cell phones saw an increase of, of, of um, youth texting in 350% increase in services in the first couple of weeks of the pandemic. Oh so. Yeah, so I just so I would say the teens, the teens were um, that need the most individuation, most most teen peer support. I think they they really took a hit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that makes sense. And as a mom of teens, uh, we've lived through a lot of uh, a lot of difficulty, a lot of challenge, and you know, life life goes on for them too, with going back and forth between their mom and their dad, and and things that have happened in their dad's life, and and you know, now living with his girlfriend and a blended family. So there's been a lot of stress. But then they don't have that peer group or the ability to be with their friends as much. So I'm so grateful for Kids Help Phone being there for, mm -hmm. for kids. And there are times when I've suggested to them and said, please make sure that you know that this is available to you and that it's okay that yeah. you reach out. It's okay that you feel this way that you feel out of control, just like I do on some particular days. So it's, it's really letting them know that, you know, that all of this is okay. And, and hopefully by us talking to parents, that they feel that they can find their feet, that they can find their ground, then that will also translate down to, you know, down to their kids. That's my hope anyway, because I'm sure you've seen it when I know that I'm in a better place mentally, emotionally, then I'm able to deal with whatever it, you know, whatever comes up for them much better rather than going oh. squir squirrely and being triggered and not being oh. able to hear them and deal with their, you know, deal with their challenges because 
all the all the stuff that's out there of wear masks, you know, the school is going to go this way. No, now it's going to go that way. And, and all the changes, it's un, just as unsettling for them as it is for the parents trying to make these big oh, decisions. For sure. And, and supposedly we have better skills. <laughs> we can get older and not necessarily develop our skills. But, you know, we are, we do set the tone for the family. Our kids look to us for their safety. Are we okay? And think of how we have felt about the leadership we've had whether that is from the chief chief medical health officer, Dr. Tam, whether that is from our premier. Think about when we hear messaging from our leaders, you know, do we have that respect? Do we have that authority? Do they seem calm? Do they seem informed? Do they seem rational? Um, I'm making little read the subtext about the difference between Canada and the U S there people. Right. Um, But it's like, if you're, if you're the pilot of a plane and someone is a passenger and you're going through turbulence, what do you need to hear from that pilot to reassure you that you're safe? Yes. You don't want to hear the pilot suddenly having like a jittery voice, right? Yeah. You want to hear, you know, dear passengers, we are experiencing a little bit of turbulence. It should be through this in about three minutes time. And then we'll resume drink service. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's, so our kids are looking to us and, and, and if we're kind of like, I don't know what's going on with school. I don't know what's going on with school. You know, yes. if we sit there and we're calm and we can say, you know what? There's lots we don't know. We're going to find out. Why don't we sit down together and write a list of all the questions that you have right now and Mm. I'll answer as many as I have and the ones that we don't know the answer to, we're going to go um, call the school, check the website of of the school board, uh, do our research, um, whatever it is. And if more questions come up, you know, I'll add them to the list and we will figure this out together that it's not static, it's changing and we got to be flexible. Um, but um, we, we need to empower kids and our calmness in the face of chaos is one of the things that will for sure calm them. Gold, absolute gold right there. Thank you. Here we are with parenting expert Allison Schaefer on Eat This with Leanne. Well, the other thing, Leanne, just because it's about nutrition and mental health, right? And this is where, again, we kind of have parallel businesses. You know, you don't wait for someone to come to you when they're malnourished to find out they should have been eating better. Yeah. The parents are always wait. They always think they have to have somebody has to meet a criteria for a mental illness before they seek help. Right. It's like, no, a mental health falls along a continuum from just like you have couch potato to Olympic athlete. Yeah. So does mental health. You know, you can be the, the schizophrenic, paranoid, delusional person, or you can be the meditating monk and, and everything in between. So if your kid is distressed, then that's like, that's like, you know, do you need an extra vitamin for your body? Like you can, we can optimize that. We don't need to suffer. We can, you don't need to struggle. Yeah. You know, if you're, if your car is making knocking sounds in the engine, you don't wait until the thing is broken down at the side of the road. You take it to the garage and you get them to, to listen. And if we could think about that with mental health and get rid of that stigma that there mm. must be something wrong or broken, it's yep. like, no, you're, you're, you're tuning up your mind and you're keeping it in shape. And going back to school, this is like making a big decision and transition. It's a great time to check in with your mental health practitioner. And, yeah. you know, it's like get our, getting our fall spring tires off and getting our yes. thicker oil on or whatever. Like, yes. you know, come see us. Don't wait till you're broken down and, and tell your kids the same thing. 
Uh, so as kids, you know, they're heading back to school. We've got to find new ways of getting back into finding some sort of routine because we've not only had the summer, but we've had the months before that of, of things, you know, kind of either not much of a routine, maybe just everything just went out the window. How would you suggest that we, that we embark do you have like maybe three tips for looking at getting back into a routine as we head back to school? So first I will, I want to just spend a moment to say why it's important because there's some parents out there that like, I love routine. I like tick boxes. I like everything written down and you know, and that's great. You type a parents. Um, (laughs) This is, you're going to be really happy, but there's other parents who have a really high need for freedom and they do, they, they find routines are hard to keep themselves. They feel constricted. Um, They, they feel disappointed because they can't keep them. And so they don't even like to embark upon it, but we have to realize, that when we're parenting, we have, I would hope that we are thinking about what's best for my child and children need, and I see children right all the way through. We need routines, right? We, we all need a certain amount of routines. Even those people that love freedom, you probably do do routines. You probably still go to the bathroom and take off the cap on the toothpaste and put it on your toothbrush and brush your teeth in exactly the same order. There are things that you do automatedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kids need to have a sense of predictability. They, they need to have a sense of expectation um, of what's going to happen next so they can mentally prepare for it. And those things make them feel like I know what's coming. I know how to behave. I know what's expected of me. And that reduces their sense of calm. That increases their sense of control. And in a pandemic, when we don't have that happening in other parts of our life, that's really important from a psychological security point of view. So you can decide, you know, how much you want to, deviate off your schedule and you can decide how granular I don't want it to be like you're not a drill sergeant it's not like at eight o'clock you will wake up at eight ten. you will put your left leg in your pajama but you know yes it's, yes it's not, yes that's that's crazy but we need to have some sense of how the flow of the day is going to be and and especially as your kids get older we can appreciate that we need to check in around their schedule because some of these kids do have extracurriculars or they've got part-time jobs or, you know, they've got commitments that they're making with their friends and, and whatnot. So we have to figure out how we're going to work our, ourselves um, as a family, kind of like cogs in the machinery to make the thing work without seizing up. And uh, so I think first and foremost, A, be committed to the idea that we need, we need some form of, of routine, even if we deviate from it, that's fine. Okay. And second of all, everybody needs to be a stakeholder in co-creating this routine because you can't impose a schedule on kids. They hate it. It feels like they're being told what to do. They feel like they're being ordered around. Um, and, and you're unlikely to get them to, to actually follow the routine if they didn't help make it. Yes. So, so we have to involve the kids um, in the creation of this. Okay. And I would say, again, not getting too, too granular, but, you know, be creative about it. I would start just basically with the things that are the most important um, kind of boulders in your day um, or things that you're the most certain of. So you might say, well, look at, you know, I don't really know about the rest of the day, but I know for sure that we typically have lunch at noon. We typically have dinner at six and we typically get up at seven or whatever. Okay. There you go. You already got three things on your schedule <laughs> and make yeah. it visual. So that, you know, in any visual way you want to do it, um, you know, I'm not going to dictate your creativity there, but the difference between having it in your head and really having it posted in the kitchen somewhere is is different. Um, 
And so, um, so just start putting in the things that you, that you know, for sure. And, um, and then I would do it based on just kind of like, what does a balanced life look like? What are all the things that we got to get done? We got to pitch in around the house a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, we got to, uh, put some time for probably homework, even though I hate homework. That's a whole other show. Right. Um, but it might, whatever it might be homeschooling. Yes. Um, it might be, what are we going to do for, for, you know, big muscle exercise? What are we going to do for family time? So yes. it can just be kind of big categories like that. Okay. And, um, and, and let the kids have at it. And then I would say the first one that you make is probably not going to be the one that you land on it, you know, inevitably, but you might right. just say like, let's try this for a week and see if how realistic it is and what we need to juggle so that it's yeah. an iterative process until you kind of hone it down to something that's kind of working and, you know, mm-hmm. and be open-minded. Some kids are, parents are just like, you should do homework, you know, before you play. Well, maybe, or, you know, or not. Right. <laughs> you know, so, some kids need probably a physical release before they're able to get back to that, that focus. And, and I certainly, I've got two, two daughters, very different. One of them can get herself up super early in the morning and really follow her own routine. And the other one, not so much. And she's the one that says, don't tell me what the routine needs to be. Because as we self-isolated after March break, I said, you got to get up. Let's, you know, we got to move every day. We've got to eat every day. You've got to get out of your bedroom every day. And she fought and fought and fought against it. And I'm sure she fought more against it just because she felt like she had no say at all with can't go to school, can't see her friends, had to isolate. And now mom's telling me what to do. So, uh, so the, the things that kind of came up for me at that time was leave her alone, but then also... I've heard you say this too, when they, when they pull back so much, that's actually more time to lean in and give them a voice. And we still have our notebook where, yeah. where uh, when I was still married, we would do family meetings. And if I bring up the topic now with my almost 15 and 17 year old and say, we need to have a family meeting, I get eye rolls. However, I still remember sitting around the table, and this was when they were much younger, and we still do it now, where everybody had a say, an equal say. And funnily enough, one of the things, I'll never forget this, that Hadley brought up in our family meeting while we're talking about how the flow, how our school lunch is going because they weren't going. So that was one of the reasons why we had this. Um, I'll bring that up again a little bit later in the podcast. But for Hadley, who must have been maybe five or six at the time, she really wanted to talk about somehow having some sort of Hello Kitty poster out front of the house and that needed to be on the family meeting agenda and while we really tried to keep the giggles inside of not only how cute that was yeah that and how important it was but she got a chance she got the floor she got to talk about and process through the thinking of things that she wanted to do down to we could put a piece of paper out front but then what happens if it rains? What do you think we could do then? So it was such a beautiful journey and conversation about problem solving. (laughs) I love it. I, I, I will never forget that because it was just so sweet and you could just say it was so important to her. But the point was, is that she felt like she was heard and she got a voice. 
And I just think you've taught me this. Talk talk about all these things outside of the actual explosive situation or while I'm standing there in front of Logan's bedroom door saying, come on, you know, you got to go. You got to go for a walk. You got to do this. In that moment, she's just going to dig her heels in. Whereas if we have a time set where we go and sit at a table or sit on the couch and and we really dedicate that time and everybody knows that we're going to talk about these particular topics, bring your questions, as you mentioned before, it's a very... Very, very different experience. That's such a big takeaway for parents, what you just said. A major shift in our mindsets. One mindset is, I have a child who's misbehaving and I need to be a disciplinarian. Right. And chances are we're going to get into control mode Yeah. and try to make them because we have the right answer. Get out of your room. Eat the good food. I have the right answer. Why aren't you loving my wisdom? I'm an adult. I know the best way to go. Why aren't you appreciating that I have the right answer for how you should lead your life and yes. you should get up in the morning and you should do your homework and you are going to fail. And, you know, um, and we just get into interpersonal conflict. So that's one mindset. And I'm saying, if we can switch that and say, instead of thinking that I have a child who's misbehaving and I need to be a disciplinarian and instead say there are problems in the family that we need a better solution for, Mm-hmm. It totally changes the way you come at it. It totally changes the child's perception of you. And, and to your point about having these little family meetings in a time of calm that says, hey, you know what? We're all invested in making our family the kind of family we want it to be. Um, and we all need to figure out well, how that's going to look. Not just yeah. me deciding how it's going to look, how we're all going to decide. And everyone has a voice and a say. Um, and, uh, and when you've got a child who says, oh, you know, we're, how do I... How do I have my way in the family? How do I get my needs met in the family? How do I express my opinions and concerns and choices and preferences? And rather than digging your heels in and screaming to get your way in the moment, you've got this platform, this democratic platform where you can get on the agenda and you can speak. And when you're a little kid, hello, kitty posters are just as important as us as adults saying, you know, do, you know, do we need a new car? Should we, you know, remortgage the whatever and yes. put in a, for if you're five, like hello kitty is like the most important thing ever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are the kids who learn to pro, you know, look at the problem solving you went through. All of those skills are the skills that we need for the next generation to go into the workforce. Look at the Greta Thunbergs. Yeah. How did she learn to get her voice? Yeah. You think, you know, she did not, she was not pushed around by her parents. I, mean, I don't know what her, what her parents were like, but I'm just saying you yeah. can bet that she had a great sense that people would listen to her. She did not speak for the first time at the UN. No. Like, you know, yeah. So that begins at home. That begins at home and having a voice. And so, um, you know, we want to make sure when you have your family meetings that the types of things that you put on there is not just all parents saying, I want to talk about how you're going to clean your room. I want to talk about how people are not loading the dishwasher. I want to talk about how people are not making curfew. No kid is going to want to come to that meeting. Yeah. But if you have a, a meeting that's about, I'd like to get a gerbil, um, yeah. you know, now, yeah. Just yeah. so, so we don't freak parents out right here. Cause we're like, I don't want a gerbil. I'm not having right. family meetings. <laughs> Everything is based on consensus, right? That's why right. you don't do Robertson rules in voting. Cause right. if you've got three kids and they all want gerbils and there's only yes. you two, assuming you're in a two parent household, they yeah. will outvote you yeah. that it's the consensus. So you never lose your power as a parent. You can continue to say, you know what? I'm, I'm still not convinced. I'm still concerned that I'm going to be left having to feed it. Or I'm still concerned that people aren't going to, care for it. In which case, that's great. They'll solve that problem. They'll say, well, if I don't care for it, maybe I'll sell it, give it to a friend, which is right. It, which is a blog post on my website about right. my children getting guinea pigs and how that all worked out through family mm. meetings and logical consequences. And it's a heart, 
heartwarming tale. And, and Leanne, you know, the eyeball rolling, I did family meetings. People can watch them on my YouTube channel. I videotaped them. You can see me lose, you know, I was, I, I put the bad ones up there. They're not beautiful. They're not right. little, they're not little parliamentarian romantic things at all. They're hard work. <laughs> and my kids never liked them. But, but by the time they went off to university, I remember I took my kids around teaching family meetings at psychological conferences and they would co-present with me. And they would say, we didn't like them, but I don't understand how a family would operate without them. You don't have to like them in order to know their utility. And we had better ones and worse ones, but they were like, as soon as my kids went to university, the first thing they did was sit down with their housemates and said, we need to have a a meeting about, you know, whatever, what time people are going to turn off the music when I have an exam, or are we going to share the peanut butter or each have our own jar of peanut butter or like whatever. They're like, how would you do it without meetings? How would you do it without family meetings? Somewhere between her jeans collection and her sock drawer, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here we are with parenting expert Allison Schaefer on Eat This with Leanne. So still on this sort of teen vein, you know, I've, as I've said, I've got a, I've got a couple of, a couple of teens and I think this group, uh, group of people definitely have got the most upside down sleep schedule. And that is one thing that a lot of parents are really challenged about. I've got to get my kids up in order to be able to get them to school or get them at the computer or whatever that is. And with most teens doing some sort of, you know, wake up at noon, go to sleep at one, two, three, four in the morning, those kind of things. What are your top tips on how to deal with that sleep schedule? Well, again, just in your language, when a, when a parent says, how do I make them? How do I make them get up? How do I make them go to bed? That, that language, that self-talk, make them, implies to me that the parent still feels it's their responsibility. Right. It's by the time you get to the teen years, they are going to decide for themselves what time they're going to bed and what time they're getting up. Or, or in your case, like try, try to change them. Ha ha ha. Doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. They will go on protest. I've, you know, I've got teens that are like pushing their dressers. At my, when I say my teens, I mean, in my counseling practice, you know, pushing, you know, furniture in front of their doors and like stealing their parents' uh, laptop cables as revenge for taking away their phone so that they'll sleep. And like, you don't want to go there. We don't need to go there. This doesn't have to be a World War II. What you can do is you can use your influence, which okay. means, hey, you know what? Um, it's your responsibility to, to look after uh, getting to school on time, whether that's getting the bus, walking, showing up for the first period, and whether that's um, your first video conference, Zoom call, summer synchronous, summer asynchronous, I don't know. Um, but that's really a child's, teen's job to do. Um, you can say, you know, something I know about academic performance and something I see in you in terms of your mood is, you know, when you get less than about eight, nine hours sleep, that's, that's a challenge. That's a challenge for you. And I know it's, uh, it's harder for learning and alertness and whatnot. Um, so, you know, what time do you think you need to be hitting the hay to make your morning deadline for yourself? How much, you know, and you might have a kid that bolts out of the house and jumps on the bus with a granola bar in their hand. And, you know, and another one, like my, my two, one like to get up and read and putter and make hot oatmeal. And there's no right or wrong so long as they actually make their commitments. And um, so I think we, you know, we can give them suggestions. We can tell them what we've noticed. um, And then we have to say, well, you know what? I trust you'll figure that out. Let me know if you need any support. But I am not going to, I am not going to be the one banging on the door, policing their schedule, 
Um, I'm not going to be there when they go to college. What's their plan going to be for them? They, they, mm. These are young adults that are practicing running their life. And so they need to learn from those mistakes of, I know I got 36 pink slips and now I have to hand in two extra papers to make up for my absenteeism or whatever. They're, right. they're, they're not going to do it perfectly, but um, we, we give our yeah. suggestions. We ask for what help we can be without robbing them of that responsibility. And then we got to let it go. I, I can imagine that there are so many ears listening right now that just think that is a lot to let go of. That's a lot of responsibility to pass on to kids that don't step up to that. They or... don't step up because their parents keep doing it. They know you are their safety mm. net. I think actually one of the videos in my family meetings on YouTube is my daughter who's maybe in grade four and that's her thing on the family meeting. Nobody wakes me up. Nobody will wake me up in the morning. And it's like, you know, you've got an alarm. There's, that's your job to do. And she's right. really trying to sucker us into it. And it's hilarious because, you know, of course, she is like so punctual. And we were just joking about it at the cottage because she's 25 now. And she had to work wow. remotely at a very prestigious marketing job, but we're together as a nuclear family. And so we go to bed and I say to her, what time do you need to be up in the morning for your job? And then I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I, you have been I'm living still on doing your, it. Listen, why am I even, I, did, I mean, I stopped asking when you were a little kid and I made you get up on your own. Why do I think that you're going to have amnesia? You've been like completely competent all through university, all into a marketing career. Why is mommy asking you what, if I need to wake you up? Like that's such a mom script. Yeah. But it's like, she, she learned from her being late or whatever she knew. My mom is never going to do this. Like if I don't do this, no one is going to do this. And we so when you refuse service, they will test you, but you're, you're really sending it. You're not being irresponsible. What you're doing is you're actually sending a tremendous vote of confidence. You're saying you will, you can manage, you will figure this out. You will develop the skill in yourself yeah. and they do it by struggling. That's, that's how they build the muscle. Yeah. And that's, as a parent, so difficult to watch with that struggle. And in a, over the summer, the challenges that I've, that I've had with my, with my eldest is just saying this, the choices that are being made right now are going to impact your life, not my life. And there's no disappointment there. There's no judgment there. This is, this is as you said, this is practice for, for what you, what you're going to need to do. And at some points she was fine with that. And at other times, I think she also wanted to be rescued and wanted me to step in and, you know, make the decision for her. And it was a big challenge. It's a really, yeah. you know, it's an, it is an ongoing challenge. And I'm not going to say that we've mastered that at all. In particular, she has a harder time with, advocating for herself and saying, this is, this is what I want. Cause sometimes she really doesn't, you know, doesn't mind whether it's choosing, you know, something for dinner or, or whatever it happens to be, then sometimes she just doesn't feel so inspired. So I think if I were to step back and, and not, I'm going to use a really strong word, sort of police what's happening in the morning. Yeah. Um, it would be, as you've said, 
sit down beforehand and figure out what it is that everybody needs. Figure out what it is that this situation is going to look like. Who needs to be where when? If you have more than one child, they could be going to either different schools or different days, or it's all homeschool, whatever that looks like. And everybody's going to need to understand the dynamics and create some sort of schedule because as parents, we have work to do too. Absolutely. And I think that parents, the, you know, especially moms who tend to be taking the, the brunt of this, yeah. um, because we still, even though men have stepped up a lot into parenting and, and as household duties and things, we still manage the, 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 the brunt of this. Yeah. And um, so we have to, when we can get clear on our own feeling of self-respect, what I am willing to do or not do, what is disrespectful to my time and my other commitments mm-hmm. um, such that, you know, that we're fair with our kids and we can say that up front. I am willing, here's our morning routine. I am willing to drive anyone who is ready for school at 830. Mm-hmm. But by eight, but by 835, if people aren't in the car that I'm going to proceed on my day and, and then you can plan, you know, what should happen if people aren't ready in the car. You can, you know, you can say, well, I'm not going to pay for you to take an Uber. You can pay for that out of your allowance yeah. or, you know, yeah, well, you can miss a day, but that's fine. It doesn't mean you get more tech time. Mm-hmm. Um, or check the bus schedule. There's a backup bus at 840. Yeah. Yeah. Or... Here's some other things. Yeah. yeah. But, you, yeah. but you're talking about what the consequence will be in advance. And that's the same, you know, so what should happen if... You yeah. say you're going to load the dishwasher and then I come home and I get to the kitchen and the dishwasher's not unloaded. What should happen then? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, those are like good examples of talk in advance yeah. of, of, you know, uh, what should happen when agreements aren't kept and, and speaking to what I'm willing to do. So, you know, my kids learned, you know, you can't just come to mom at eight o'clock at night and say, I, I need to go to Michael's because I need styrofoam balls for my planet. Um, yeah. uh, project tomorrow because I'd be like, well, I'm sorry. Um, I have two hours of writing that I have to do. I'm not available. Don't, don't speak for my time. Yeah. I need 24 hour notice for trips in the car to pick up supplies. So at the family meeting, that was one of the things we talked about. Let's look at the calendar. Does anyone have birthdays? Does anyone have appointments? Does anybody have things they need picked up? And I'm, it just, my kids grew up in a home with two very hardworking parents and you could not assume that they would just drop off your lunch at school or come pick you up or take you to the mall at a whim's notice. And so many parents are just total taxi drivers to their kids. It's like, we, we, we don't delegate tasks well, and then we get angry at our kids that we're overburdened. So you can delegate, you can get these kids trained to make their own lunches and to get themselves up. And you don't have to start every morning with a shouting match to like, to be punctual um, and be a hostage to sitting beside them because they can't work independently at their online studies. That's Mm -hmm. all things that are trainable and that you can find solutions to. Love that. And the perfect segue into how old can when can kids start making their own lunch i have my own views about this but oh okay but well, but, but but i want to i want to i want to first hear what uh, what you have to say about that because this is also something that i learned from you when my kids were younger okay well all right so i think that um when you're training kids along a skill 
that um, there's sort of a couple of stages. The first is where the parent is really doing the lion's share of the work and educating the child. This is what a healthy lunch looks like. We need to make sure that we have a fruit and a vegetable and a protein and whatever. Yes. Um, And and, and, an apple is a fruit and a slice of cheese is a protein. Like we need to do, there's a lot of education that happens. So you can do that from the minute your kid is little. So, you know, junior kindergarten, nursery school, you can be talking about all that kind of education about what goes in a lunch. And, and then there's a bunch of other things like, you know, if you put in yogurt in a container and then you sit on it, the yogurt's going to explode. So maybe we need to wrap that in foil. And then right. where do we keep the foil? You know, many kids don't even know where the foil is in their house. Yeah. Like, so, you know, um, we need to get them in the kitchen, get them excited, get them participating. So I think you can do that, you know, from, from junior kindergarten on. Yes. And then I would say, and then, then it's like, then it's shared work. So I would say there's a big chunk of time where it's like, okay, well you go get the foil. What kind of apple would you like? And we're starting to include them in choices and then we can give some good feedback. Hey, you really know how to make a balanced lunch. Oh, I noticed that you really like to have whatever soups and thermoses. I don't know. Um, but you know, then you're during doing it together and kids love to do chores together. They like being with you. They like that. It's a community endeavor. They like that. And then you can slowly back your way out and just, just say, oh, I'm just going to sit here and have my cup of coffee while you get your lunch together. Look at you, look at you, you know, whatever. Um, and, uh, but I would say by grade three, you can okay. say, my job is to make sure that you have an, a, a lunch pail or whatever that you take your lunch in. Yeah. And uh, my job is to make sure that you have stuff in the fridge that you can assemble um, for, for a meal. Um, and, um, and then I would say that's really congratulations. That's something that you can look after all on your own. And then we really have to step back again. This is where parents get too involved because they Mm. don't like that the kid either didn't put a protein in or, you know, the lunch came back and all they did was eat the granola bars and not the other stuff. And I would say again, okay, it's not optimal. I know, but the point is if you want to win them over, you're better to keep commenting on, what they're doing right and good, you'll get more of that. So you say, hey, look at you. You know, you really took a bite out of your apple today. You know that you need to have fruits in your lunch. Like keep working. What you pay attention to, you will get more of. So if you criticize, you're, you're paying attention to things that you don't want to see again. Yes. So you've educated them at the beginning. I would just, you know, just keep commenting and take the long road. They're, they're not going to die of malnutrition in one week's bad lunch choices. I mean, I you know, it took me years to get excited about nutrition and things, yeah. but you know, over time it became a higher and higher value because my parents kept that value, but they didn't cram it down my throat. Right. And consistency, yeah. absolute consistency. And there was, there was a time where my daughter was not eating her lunch at school and I was packing it. And again, I'll share more about this on, uh, on some videos that I've got planned for spiritright.com. But oh, also just a quick mention for listeners, I do have and will have a download as well where you can, uh, like a lunch meal planner where I've put into those categories of what it, what needs, what makes up a really good lunch so that you can have that conversation and then they can choose from the list because that's actually what I ended up doing with my daughter when she wasn't eating her lunch. And then I said, okay, this is not working. What else can we do? So then empowered her to start making her, her own lunch. The more she did it, the more she ate and the more the lunchbox came home empty. First of all, she knew what was in it. She knew that she didn't have to eat anything. You know, I would encourage her to 
to take some leftovers or something like that as opposed to just making something fresh and new. And, and it totally changed the dynamic of what was going on. So that is absolutely something that I share with, with a lot of people. But there are a lot of parents that are still making their kids lunch and their kids are, you know, sort of embarking on, on high school. This year it's going to be different because of the amount of time that they're in school. So we're all going to navigate that a little bit differently. But I'm actually encouraging all parents, no matter how old your kids are, to have planned that in advance so that everybody knows what the flow is to the day. So even if they're going to be homeschooled, that the lunch is actually made as if they were leaving you know, yes. they, were, they were leaving the home so that yes. not everything has to stop. And, and then you have to sort of start making things at 12 noon and then the wheels fall off because you're not getting to your meetings and, and, and it's just the whole day just sort of turns upside down. So again, going back to that scheduling, going back to that structure, I think is, is incredibly important. And talking about our, our and talking about our need to, um, Sometimes when we need to like get up and stretch, because, you know, yes. about every 25 minutes, we need to sort of shift our attention and have a little bit of a break. And for all of us who know, when you're working from home, it's very easy to say, what am I going to do for my stretch and my break? Well, maybe I'm just going to go over to the fridge and grab a snack. Yes. Um, and, uh, and so it can lead to thoughtless overeating. So um, just any other last second top tips for this homeschooling and online learning? Uh, so I would say to your point about planning, we need a plan A, but we also need a plan B. Right. It is very likely that we're going to have to shift tactics at some point, And I don't want parents to be freaked out by that. It could be that online didn't work out and your kid needs to go back in the classroom and they have to wait till the next intake. Um, it could be that um, they need supplemental stuff. So the board of education stuff didn't work out, but maybe they need to, there's all kinds of free resources and supplementary online things. So if they're in grade 11 chemistry and they're not cutting it with the Toronto school board curriculum, then fine. Yes. You know what? You can actually go buy a, a, another package outside of your jurisdiction that will meet the criteria. Um, same thing. It might be that we're in school and that's great. And then a wave of something comes and they decide that your classroom needs to have 14 days of quarantine. So you need to think about childcare, how your work, all those things. And so don't be, we, we all have to be kind, caring, compassionate, work together, um, you know, and, and carry an attitude of positivity so that our kids don't feel like they are being the victims of a pandemic. We're working together to solve a world problem and everyone is carrying a bit of the load and we'll be fine if we keep that positive mindset. Beautiful end. Thank you so much, Alison. I'll share so all great. the details of everybody who can get so much more of you. Uh, so thank you. I'm going to add one more quick little thing before we say our goodbye. So I've told people to go check out my YouTube channel. There is an entire part of my YouTube channel that is under one call, one channel that's um, called hashtag family talk. And that is a program with education for parents of teenagers specifically. There's tons about how to communicate, how to get them to open up a lot of what we've talked about today, but the goal of that program is to prevent underage drinking. And so if you've got teens that are starting to experiment with alcohol um, and it tends to happen in the in high school and with stress and with peer acceptance and a lot of things that are going to happen now that they're getting back together again for school. Um, I'd recommend people check out the information there. Oh, fantastic. And listeners, I will put that front and center in the show notes. So you can just click right through from leannephillipson.com to find that information. Thank you so much for putting that out there. It's, it's absolutely crucial for parents right now. Thank you so much. And until the next one, and I'll have you podcasting on mine too. Awesome. Can't wait. Thank All you. Right. Thanks.
Wow, did we cover it all? That was some mind-blowing and gold that Allison shared, even if you don't have kids returning back to school. The family meeting that we talked about can be used to set expectations for just about any situation. I've actually used it not only as a family meeting with my kids, but at times when I've traveled in the past and got to where we're going, and then I have got everyone to sit down and say what they hoped to get from the trip or the time of being together. So basically setting expectations. It's incredibly empowering for everyone to have their say, especially those who usually go along for the ride. They don't really speak up and say what they want to do. Maybe they don't know what they want to do, but in the end, they kind of end up a bit disappointed. So there's so many ways to use that structure that Allison shared. One of the comments that really resonated for me was when Allison said about sitting down with your kids and owning it. Owning that we, the all-knowing parents, don't actually know. We don't know what's going to happen as they head back to school, but we need to empower them and give them the space to ask the questions that they have going through their minds. We, as parents, we can answer what we know, and then together we can sit down and research all that we don't know. She said that our calmness in the face of chaos, worry, and stress is one of the things that will for sure calm them too. As for bringing it back to nutrition, I have a free download for you of a lunch planner with some suggestions of foods that go into the different categories to help you structure the lunch box. Whether it's an at-home lunch or a take-to-school lunch, it doesn't matter. Pack that lunch anyway because it's just going to ease some of the stress. Go to spurtright.com forward slash lunch to get that download. And I'll be sharing so much more. So be sure that you've liked Spurtright's Facebook page and Instagram page and that I have your email from signing up for that download because you won't want to miss what's coming up for you. And I also have another freebie if while you're at spurtright.com forward slash lunch, just take out lunch and add in cool snacks. So that's spurtright.com forward slash cool snacks. And you'll get another free download with some really, really great recipes. And yes, it's truly absolutely free. I think it's worth a mention, Chris. We've just completed 36 episodes and the majority of these podcasts have been done from your bathroom and my closet. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> and, can, and can you believe that we've had over 35,000 downloads? Right on. Wow. Really? It's only 36? 30, we've only done 36. feels like 250. Do you know? It does, doesn't yeah? it? I, I mean, I didn't have this much gray hair when we started, but... I don't think um, so. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, only, I'm only kidding. I, I, know. I, I, I know. I am a much smarter man now than I ever was. I know. I know that for sure. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's been a, a wild ride so far, and 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 as far as I'm concerned, I ain't stopping because the minute I stop talking to you, I get uh, dumber by the day. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you to you, Chris, and thank you to every single one of those ears that are out there. Um, who are downloading this, who are sharing this. And if you're one of the people that have shared this or have not shared this, well, Chris, another thing, we have five hundred over 500 subscribers. So if that's not one of you out there, then why not? There's no better time than to do that now because yeah. you do not, do not want to miss what we've got coming up this fall for you. <laughs> So the 
this ended up being another long one. I'm getting more long-winded yes. as we pro- progress here. Maybe that's part of Chris's gray hair. I'm not sure. <laughs> if I, you're I've finding... Given, I've given up hope. I, I'm, 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 I'm too tired. Just go. Just say what you got to say, Leanne. You know? Here's the thing. Here's what I've learned, though, too. Uh, is that somebody will take something regardless of, you know what I mean? Like, no matter how long, yes. whether it's 15 minutes or 50 minutes, yes. somebody out there will take something from you because it's all valuable information, right? Thank and you. so, I, I and, and I always feel bad about restricting that information because, to be honest with you, that's the our ultimate power in this world is how much we know and how much we yeah. can learn. So, at the end of the day, I feel like I'm taking the power away from you when I tell you to, you know, Cut it back or keep it short. You know what? Yeah. At the end of the day, let it go. Let's just <laughs> let's just empower the heck out of these people. I love it. Aww. Well, thank you. And I was going to say, if our lovely listeners are like, okay, Leanne, I haven't got that much time to go through it all. And you're dropping off after 25 or 30 minutes. Let us know. Yeah. You know, drop me a line and I'll cut my questions down or I'll keep it tighter or whatever. I don't know. I just want this to be incredible for everyone to uh, to listen to and, yeah, for you to get the value out of it. Or, or, or if you want it to go two and a half hours, just let us know and I'll go have, I, I don't know, I'll go take a jog or have a, <laughs> go have dinner or something like that. We'll just let it go. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you can stay strong through this crazy, stressful time. Know that we are truthfully here to support you. We see you and we know that there are times when all you can focus on is breathing in and breathing out. And then of course, once you've done that, remember to eat this one mouthful at a time. 